I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Obicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you less insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. In this episode we're going to focus on health and safety, a topic that should be of relevance to all times of the year. To do this I'm joined by Chocolate's Health and Safety Specialist Francis Bly. We start a podcast with Francis discussing some of the HSA figures for accidents that have occurred in agriculture in the past 12 months and in particular the trends he sees in the sheep sector during that period. It's a stark reminder of the dangers encountered in the industry. Francis discusses some of the steps that can be taken to improve personal safety, particularly how to reduce the risk of zoonotic infection from livestock. We discuss safety around farm machinery, in particular safe transport on roads, something very key at the moment. And Francis also highlights some of the risks associated with ATVs or quads in particular, something we see more on sheep farms. We move on to farmyard safety with Francis offering his advice and some areas to focus on during the winter months and he also outlines the various TAMS grants and capital allowances available for investment in farm safety equipment. We move on to discuss the resources available for farmers to improve their awareness of some of the issues and help get some of their practice change. Finally we finish up discussing farmers own health and mental well-being with Francis offering some very sound advice in this area. This is a slightly longer episode of a podcast but given the topic and its relevance I think it's worth listening to the very end, as Francis offers some very good advice right throughout. The Health and Safety Authority figures show that, you know, sadly, 20 people lost their lives due to farm accidents in 2019. And over the last 10 years, accidents related to tractors and vehicles accounted for about 50% of fatalities. Falls from heights accounted for 9%, falling objects 8%. Animal-related incidents were associated with 19% of deaths and drowning gas and timber made up the, the remainder. Now, the Health and Safety Authority figures show that sadly 17 people lost their lives so far this year, which, which, is, which is very tragic for those families. It's a very high risk industry we work in, and I suppose it's inherent in the type of work that's in it, but look, obviously any one of them is too many. Francis, like, do we see any difference in them figures on sheep farms specifically, or are there any areas that they book the trend? Well, the, the Chagas National Farm Survey, um, which was published in 2017, shows that about 11% of sheep farms recorded an accident. Um, the three most common causes of accidents in sheep farms were, were the tractors and vehicles at 33%, trips and falls at 27%, and livestock at 20%. But the interesting aspect of it is that trips and falls. So, you know, the, the closest industry to, to, to sheep was the tillage industry at 16%. You know, sheep farmers do a lot of walk and a lot of manual handling. You know, that 27% is quite high and it's something that we need to be aware of and we need to do something about. And, and I suppose the one thing we need to be very cognizant of in all them figures, in some aspects, it it doesn't reflect, you know, the near misses that's out there and the close calls and thankfully the ones that didn't become included in them figures either. Yes, Kieran. like, you know, for, for all those fatal accidents, there are numerous, numerous um, uh, non-fatal injuries that, that occur. And for all those individuals, they, they result in, in time that they're, they're not able to do their tasks the, norm, the way they normally did. They have, they, you know, some end up in hospitals. Um, it, 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 there is a lot of trauma really for, for that family trying to, to, to get around all those tasks and get them done in a way that's, that makes sense, I suppose, to have labor there available to do it if, if a farmer gets injured. In some aspects, for instance, there's a bit of a mindset change in this. Like, what are the main areas to be vigilant about for the coming weeks? 
so for 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 the sheep farmers, you know, it, it's becoming or it's coming up close to the to a busy period. You know, for for a lot of us, we're, we're a lot of farmers busy checking sheep and feeding sheep and treating for fluke and preparing for housing. You know, it's 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 a time of the year where people are trying to get a lot of jobs done in preparation for for housing and lambing. In terms of personal safety, you know, you mentioned there, like, there's long hours, there's a lot of work on your own. There's a couple of things there, like, what can we do to reduce some of the risk, or at least if anything does happen, you know, have a backup plan in place for Francis? Yeah, well, I suppose one of the main messages I, I try to, to, to talk to farmers about is, is about their own personal safety, first of all. So, like, you know, the importance of before you go out in the morning or during the day or after dinner, just tell someone where you're going and how long you'll be gone. You know, especially this time of the year where, you know, the evening comes in quickly. It's important, very important to have a mobile phone with you so that if, if something does go wrong, that you have a, a method of communicating with people. And, you know, it's very important, especially for sheep farmers, because, you know, many, many, many sheep farmers have to travel long distances to see sheep. You know, they may be doing jobs that are far away from, from other you know, places where there's, where there's other houses around and some need to travel over rough terrain and, and up mountainous terrain and some use quads. So it's all high risk. So it's important to have some way of communicating if things, if things don't go the way you plan. You know, the weather is also getting colder and, you know, really it's important to make sure you have the right clothing there to, to protect you from the wind and the rain and, and the cold. Because, you know, from a psychological perspective, you're not just as connected you're not, you're not just as aware if you're cold or if you're wet. And they're all very good and valid points. It seems simple, but they're often things that may be overlooked. Another aspect that's come into it, and something we've mentioned frequently even in last week's podcast, you know, managing our time, maybe getting some of the jobs dealt with now and having a flock in healthier and better condition for later in the year. How important is that, Francis, in balancing our workload from a, health and, from a farmer health and safety point of view? Does it factor into it as well? Kieran, I, I, I agree with you in, in everything you've said there in relation to, you know, to have a safe farm, it needs to be well organized. And for it to be well organized, you know, at the end of the day, our objective is to produce that quality lamb for sale. How we do that through that process, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of I suppose, decisions that we have to make. And, you know, to make them decisions and make sure that, that the process is, is, is done in the best way possible, the most efficient way possible, will also make it a safer way. So what I'm talking about there really is that, you know, at this time of the year, um, we're trying to make sure we have the fluke treatment in place so that, you know, the yaws are in good condition. You know, our body the body condition scores of the yaws are appropriate, that the yaws in good, healthy condition when she's at the point of lambing, you know, that the lambs are healthy, that she's plenty of colostrum, that she can go out, you know, and, and start grazing, uh, you know, when she has lambed in a healthy state. You know, trying to reduce all those things will reduce your workload. And if you're able to reduce your workload, you won't be dealing with things like twin lamb disease, milk fever, grass tetany, you know, all those things if the, if, the, if the sheep is healthy. And you don't have to be dealing with them. You're going, to, you're going to be, you know, your workload is less. And if your workload is less, your farm is going to be safer. Just speaking of sheep being healthy, like the other risk, and it's a risk we work on all types of livestock on farms, there is a human health risk from picking up bacteria, organisms, a lot of zoonotic conditions that sheep have. And they can cause ill health and in some cases, severe health in humans as well. What are the couple of key ones of them, Francis, that you'd be worried about? And maybe just what kind of preventative uh, measures can we put in place? Well, 
I suppose, Kieran, like all animals naturally carry a range of organisms, some of which, you know, can be transmitted to humans. The main ones from a sheep farmer's perspective, I suppose, would be ORF, toxoplasma and zoonotic abortion. From, from an ORF, I suppose, talking about ORF, farmers can contract that disease by direct contact with infected sheep or contaminated objects such as, you know, fences or feeding troughs, places where they're touching off and you touch it and you pick it up. You know, so ensure in general cleanliness of animal housing areas of those feed troughs, you know, making sure you're not in contact with that. You know, wearing your gloves when you're working with, with the sheep is very, very important. You know, talking to your vet if you have an outbreak, you know, maybe consider using the live vaccines um, and wash, wash down exposed areas with soap and water and make sure you, you wash well after, you know, use your gloves and wash well afterwards. Um, the toxoplasma then, obviously it's a big issue for pregnant women. Um, you know, again, it's, it starts in the gut of the male, the male and female parasites, parasites in the gut of, 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 of the cat. You know, if a suitable host such as a human swallows it, then that infection can, can arise. And it's also a problem, I suppose, when sheep are aborting or lambing, you know. So, you know, if a pregnant woman comes in contact with, with that, um, that material, um, you know, that infection can transfer. So it's important to vaccinate sheep for breeding. One vaccination before their first breed provides immunity for life. So that's, you know, a vaccination for the sheep that helps the sheep, but also from a disease transfer to humans perspective. Again, you're back to the hand washing facilities that are available in Club Clean that you're using gloves, you're disposing of, or you're, you're making sure that we'll say the cat feces are kept to a minimum, um, controlling stay, stay cats if, if at all possible. Um, from the zoonotic abortion, um, when you're talking about that, I suppose we're talking about, it's again uh, an infection risk for pregnant women um, that are largely, it's, I suppose, when they're assisting in lambing due to risk of causing miscarriage. So trying not to have that happen so that pregnant women are, you know, aren't interacting with sheep at that point. Infection spreads from yo to yo and infected after birth, uh, or maybe even, you know, vaginal discharges um, or from lambs that, you know, just after, after lambing. So, you know, precautions again are vaccinating sheep for breeding and ensuring that, that, that pregnant women are kept away from the lambing area. I'm just, I'm thinking too of the last week, there's others on salmonella, there's other things. You mentioned the washing and even for males as well in that area, they are at risk of some of these conditions. You know, the clothes and everything they're wearing too during that period really should in theory be kept separate and out of Definitely. the household where possible. Yeah, definitely, Kieran. Like any 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 place that that material can be kind of, I suppose, brought into the fabric, and then that 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 you know you make contact with that material again. So so you know that needs to be a full process of of thinking in relation to how you protect yourself and you minimize your contact with that material, and especially for those those pregnant women, like it's very very important that that there's there's no contact there. That's probably that general hygiene is probably somewhere a bit more focusing given the year rain. Like, just to maybe move it on, Francis, like the other aspect we see at the moment, machinery usage, machinery usage, demons, feeding, fodder, you know, transport of fodder on the roads and livestock on the roads. It's more common at this time of year, but we're also working in a more risky environment, both in terms of the weather, but also in long, dark evenings. How, and you, you did allude to this at the beginning, but how big of an issue is injuries and accidents from use of farm machinery? So, so from, from Kieran, the tractors and machinery account for 50% of deaths on farms. So they, they are, you know, the area that we need to work on to try and reduce those accidents in, 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 the, in, in the agricultural community. 
you know, I suppose we're, we're take, we're at the moment, like the main encouraging encouragement there is for us to say that, you know, tractors and machinery need to be well maintained. Now, at the moment, I suppose some of us are finding the cold spell is, is really testing our starter motors and batteries, you know, are those tractors starting, you know, on the key? Uh, and if they're not, are we doing something about it? Are we are we repairing those starter motors? Are we replacing the batteries? Are we making sure they're working? Because if you're out and you're trying to roll start tractors or pull start tractors, you know it's an activity that is high risk and must be must be avoided. The faulty handbrakes are also high risk. You know, 54% of deaths of the um, are associated with that are associated with tractors and vehicles have been a result of a crush injury. So some examples of tragic accidents are where drivers were, were crushed by a tractor that moved while, you know, the driver was busy opening a gate, you know, at, attaching an implement, one where it was loading sheep. It's very simple activities, but just the handbrake failed and, 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 and the, a tragic accident occurred. That's, it's quite stark because that's a frequent, that's a daily chore on a lot of farms and it really puts it in context. The other aspect in terms of road safety, like lighting the vehicles, you know, even for general use around the yard, it is another risk at the moment. We see a lot of um, transport going on and dark evenings, you know, risky weather. What can be done to improve condition of agricultural machines in terms of road safety? So what I'd say, Kieran, is, is the most important thing is for the driver to, to be conscious of what they're doing and other road users. So, you know, when they're bringing out their machines on, on the road, to be careful, to drive with caution and to be aware that they need to be visible. So, you know, it's legally required or is a legal requirement to have a flashing amber beacon. And, you know, when they're out in, 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 in you know, when sunlight, when daylight is, is reducing, it's important to have those 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 headlights and taillights in place, and also to have them on their, on whatever they're carrying, whether it's an implement or a trailer. And if there's any loads on those trailers, they need to be um, adequately secure, you know, uh, and that that nothing can can spill on the road and cause an accident. I suppose we can mention machines really without talking about the ETVs or quads. You, know, in reality, and cheap farms are probably a bit more lined on them than certainly in other sectors. But there are another very high risk implement of the farm and something we, we spoke briefly about with Francis Quigley in an earlier podcast. Unfortunately, they do account for a proportion of the fatalities and injuries we see in farms as well, Francis. Yeah, and, and Kieran, like, I suppose, uh, as we're trying to reduce workloads. So, you know, a quad is great for helping, you know, to make life a little bit easier on farms and more farmers are, are, are getting them to do that. But the problem is that the HSA statistics will tell us that, you know, 19% of all farm vehicle accidents, you know, are, are associated with quads, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's important, I suppose, to be aware of that, you know, unfortunately, their misuse has led to injuries and fatalities. So, you know, what I'd say is when they come on the farm, it's important, you know, to get a little bit of training and do some reading and make sure you know how to, to operate it correctly. Um, it's very important that head protection, you know, buy that that helmet with the with the bike. Make sure, you know, it's it's just like buying a chainsaw. Making sure that you have your helmet and your gear when you're buying your quad. You need to buy your helmet and you need to use it and you need to show example where if you have younger people on your farm that they use it also. You know, I suppose a lot of the accidents that are occurring with quads are because people lose control, and they may do that because of lack of experience. They may be carrying a passenger, 
they may have a load on that's you know excessive or unbalanced you know they may be on terrain that's 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 beyond what the capacity of the machine is or they don't have the training to be able to manage it in that at that slow you know all these things come together and accidents occur sometimes machinery maintenance so like the quad is there but maybe how many times do we bring it in to get it serviced do we check the tire pressure you know are the brakes working correctly or is it pulling up even you know, how I suppose a lot of people would look at the seat that's on a quad and say, why is it the length it is? And because it's to carry a passenger. But in fact, it's not. It's to be able to move your weight up and down towards the back when you're going down towards the front when you're going up. You know, it's moving left and right uh, to, to make sure you're leaning into the turns. It's to, be, it's to maintain stability. You know, um, all those things come together. And obviously, you know, quads that are on the road traveling at high speed as well. It, it needs to be specified, you know, it needs to have a spec that's appropriate for the road, it needs to have lights, um, and, you know, it needs to be taxed and insured, Karen. Certainly, they're an implement to be handled with care. This is something we mentioned earlier as well, Francis, but if, if we think about around the farmyards at the moment, I suppose the cold snap in particular will put it back into context with, you know, slippery surfaces. Doing some of the basics around the farm to leave it a little bit safer, what are the couple of key areas we can focus on there? Yeah, well, again, from the National Farm Survey, it shows that 64% of the farm accidents happen in the farmyard. So it's, it's a high risk area, you know, and I suppose at the moment where, you know, the weather is, is, is cold and we're dealing with frosty conditions. So, so I, I'd be saying to people, you know, make sure that you have, you know, clear routes around the farmyard, you know, grit those areas that are a little bit slippy. You know, slipping on ice um, for anyone that has, that has happened to, you know, if you're if you slip and you fall on concrete, on hard concrete, it can have devastating consequences. And like we all know the places around the farmyard where, you know, we travel multiple times a day, which can be slippy. And we're thinking, Arsha, listen, we know about it. We're in control of it. We won't fall. But if an accident occurs, you could be out, uh, you know, you could, you, could, you could be not able to do your work for a long period of time. So it's important to take, take action quickly and make sure that, you know, something as simple as this, a little slit in the concrete could divert the water away and that area might be freezing, it might not have freezing ice on it. You know, trying to keep, I suppose, water supplies in place. You know, a lot of farmers, when, when the frost comes, the, the pipes freeze up uh, and it means they're going around with buckets and, 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 and barrels of water for, for stock. And that's, you know, hard work, time consuming and has high risk. You know, electrical repairs are important as well. You know, if there's any bulbs that are blown or, you know, sockets that need to be replaced, you know, have a uh, get an electrician in, you know, regularly to take a look and to do repairs. Um, and don't be, you know, looking at things that need to be done and, and, and waiting for, you know, that optimal time where it's going to happen, because if you don't make it happen, it might, might never happen. And again, back to maybe preparing for housing. Now is the time I suppose we're thinking about the gates and, you know, different things that you might need. For, for that lambing period, starting to put them together, you know, like lubricants, buckets, red lamps, all those things. And I also say to farmers, you know, think about a calving camera as well. You may not, you may be able to reduce the number of times you need to go down to the yard and that might make you happier, give you a bit more sleep and all that. And all, that'll all help to make life a bit easier and the farm safer. I think there's something you touched on there is extremely relevant. You're putting off that job instead of actually fixing it and moving on from it. It's something that needs to be maybe focused on a bit more. In terms of investment, and you, you touched on a few of them there in terms of you know, lighting and different things, grants available, for like, like in terms of times grants available for maybe reducing input of labour, certainly in certain aspects, what is available under that, Francis, and how can it be obtained? 
so so what what I would say with this with with, with that question, um, Kieran, is like the main point is to go directly to your advisor and go through all the options. You know, tell them what you want to do and, and see what's possible. There's a sixty percent grant there for a young trained farmer, and then a forty percent grant for 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 farmers that don't qualify as a young trained farmer. So the things that a lot of sheep farmers are interested in, we talked about the lighting there. You know, if you want to upgrade or, or put lights into a shed or change lighting, you know, upgrade it, there's, there's, there's a grant aid available for that. Maybe replacing slide or, or um, swinging kind of sheet of doors with sliding doors or, or roller doors. Um, you know, the big one that a lot of sheep farmers are, are interested in is the sheep handling equipment. You know, you can get those races and turnover crates that can make life an awful lot easier when you're trying to manage you know, manage sheep. What I would say is the current tranche is finished in the middle of middle of January. Um, we're not sure what's to happen after that, but it's important to, you know, if you're interested, ask your advisor, talk to them and see what's possible. The window is quite tight at the moment on that. So it's, it's something we want to get about. I suppose the other thing in focus maybe at the moment is, you know, tax and different bits. There are capital allowances for some of the farm safety investments. Yeah, so so the the government recently announced a five million um, resource or, or or pot of money available for accelerated capital allowances for farm safety. So a specific scheme for farm safety, um, you know. So I suppose the normal capital allowances are twelve and a half percent, but what they're allowing for farm safety equipment is fifty uh, percent per annum over two years. Um, so that means for certain equipment. So ex- examples of that equipment. They're, they're willing to, to, to I suppose, allow under this scheme is capital or chemical storage cabinets, quick attach mechanisms for three-point linkages, anti-backing gates, and they're also allowing adaptive equipment to assist farmers with disabilities. Um, so, like, again, it's uh, what I would encourage people to do is to talk to their advisor and, you know, see if there any pieces of equipment under that scheme. That, that might be appropriate. And the government said they're going to, or the minister said they're going to, you know, keep an eye on, on those those lists to see if there are other things that they can include over time. Okay, it's an investment that certainly will be a benefit to most farmers out there. Uh, Francis, just like, to come at it maybe from a different angle, and it goes back to where we started about attitude changing things, what resources are available for farmers, and particularly maybe young farmers from Chalkask and other bodies? to maybe upskill themselves in terms of farm safety or make them more aware of some of the issues? Well, so I suppose one of the main resources that's available is, is the farm safety um, farm safety risk assessment code of practice training. Um, now, at the moment with COVID, um, the number of training courses are limited, but hopefully in, in the new year, we'll have, we'll have more courses available. So we would encourage farmers to, to take part in that. The farm safety risk assessment document should be, should be you know, filled by each farmer. And any farmers that have any, you know, queries about that, it's important to go back to their advisor and, and talk through them. There's a lot of resources there for younger farmers uh, and for children and for parents that have younger people on the farm that are interested. You know, 21 children lost their lives in the last 10 years. You know, 81% of those were to do with tractors and machinery. You know, so it's, it's important to get the message out to, to, to those young people that these, these, this equipment is, is dangerous. You know, we have resources there like, you know, Staying Safe with Jesse, um, which is a little book that, you know, parents can read to their children and start the process of talking about farm safety. You know, um, Chagas works in partnership with Alma Jordan of AgriKids. Um, so there's a lot of newsletters and, and, and um, jigsaws and different things available 
from uh, you know on the website there that that people can can access and download and print off and you know talk to their children about it um and you know so there's there's lots of resources there it's just a matter of of maybe accessing the the Chagas website or talking to your advisor and and they'll be able to steer you in, in the right direction to find them all very useful things to look at i suppose rather look something else we mentioned we talked about animal health the farmer's own health we we tend to have an older population but we also work in a difficult environment but it's a physical job so it is it isn't a busy time of year but a lot of our clients are on mixed farms are heading into a busy spring you know checking out their own health before then and there's probably a reluctance in doing it in some cases i think there was a recent study that it's quite frightening when we look at some of the figures in terms of health of the farming community we were working with yeah kieran like I suppose all the studies are coming back to say that you know us in the farming community we need to be we need to be aware of um, our health. You know we think we have a very healthy lifestyle, which we do, but sometimes we we I suppose don't think about the fact that maybe we're not walking as much with mechanisation. Things are getting a little bit easier. You know the study found that seventy four percent of male farmers have four or more risk factors for cardiovascular disease. You know, that, that means really that they're three times more likely to have an acute cardiac event like a stroke or heart attack compared to those of fewer risks. Um, so that's a big, big problem. You know, when you looked in again at lower back pain, you know, it found that 28% of farmers, um, you know, came back to say that they had lower back pain. So that's, that's a big issue too. And for sheep farmers that are, you know, dealing with sheep, trying to manage sheep, and maybe facilities aren't, you know, as good as they could be, that that is a big issue for them over time you know it's it's fine when you're young but as you get older things get a bit more difficult so you need to be thinking about how to make life a little bit easier for yourself and to prevent you having those those issues certainly the injuries and the wear and tear it's all cumulative so it is yeah i'm just thinking the other aspect of well-being is you know the mental well-being farming can be a very stressful occupation it's a very enjoyable occupation things but particularly at busy peers it can be quite stressful is this something that's really taken account of enough at farm level among the farming community, do you think, Francis? Well, again, as I said, like farming as a lifestyle is, is very positive, you know, um, but, but stress can arise. You know, I suppose the last couple of months have been very wet. You know, it's, it's difficult farming. We're dealing with all this online trading and trying to do we bring the sheep to the market? Do we, do we go in? Do we not go in? How, how do we manage it? Are we, are we confident in how it's all working? You know, all the fluctuation in farm prices, the financial worries, the long working hours, all the ice, you know, the, the isolation really, we're not able to make contact with, with each other as much as we used to. It all has an impact. And I suppose what I would say to people is to use their mobile phones, to, to, to you know, to ring each other. You know, if, if, if you're not having an issue, you're probably the person that I'd be encouraging to ring somebody else uh, and, you know, talk about the stuff that's happening at the moment and how you're dealing with it to a farmer that, you know, might be, might like to get that call, someone that you normally met most days, but now can't in the same way. So that, that little bit of, that little time with a phone call can make a big difference. And, and back to what you were saying earlier, Kieran, you know, that regular health check by a health professional, you know, is, is very, very important to make sure that, you know, things aren't, um, I suppose, missed, you know, with, with, COVID, with COVID and everything, people can, you know, I suppose, struggle along but it's important to take the time to, to go and get yourself checked out. You know, make sure you're getting plenty of food, plenty of sleep. Um, have that first aid box there if you need it. And, 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 you know, make sure the mobile phone is charged and use it. 
think something I like there, like the mobile phone charging is for making contact with others at the moment, particularly in the coming weeks and the season we're heading into, it's something very important to keep in mind. Francis, you've covered a lot of ground for us there. Certainly there's plenty of things we can focus on and a lot of it is doing the basics right. Thanks very much for your time today and your insights in that whole area. Thank you very much, Kieran. Okay, we'll have to finish things up at this point. Again, it's a topic of relevance to us all in the industry at all times. Improving awareness, reducing some of the risks, hopefully will help reduce the level of injuries and accidents we see at farm level. It's something very important and something needs to be in focus in the industry at all times. We do include a segment on health and safety in the Chagas Sheep newsletter that comes out each month. Again, a focus on a particular topic is one of relevance. There's a lot more information in the various sections on the Chagas website in each of the different industries. And hopefully we'll get Francis back on at a later point during the year. Again, I would like to thank him for the time he took today to go through that with us. That's it for this episode. Again, for any further updates on the Sheep Programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chocolate Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to any of our episodes.